0: Hello and welcome to The Baby Podcast. I'm Kobe Langford, paediatric osteopath and naturopath and author of Why Won't My Baby Stop Crying? I've been treating unsettled babies for over 20 years and I'm here to help you get your baby happy and smiling. If you like anything I say, please consult your doctor before taking any action. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about Colic and sharing my experience of the number one cause of colic in babies. So, the term colic is a little bit of a misnomer because it doesn't really mean anything. It's a diagnosis that isn't really a diagnosis. The official description on the NHS website states, and I quote, colic is when a baby cries a lot, but there's no obvious cause. It's a common problem that should get better around three or four months of age. So this definition is basically saying that the baby is clinically clear and doesn't require medical assistance, but it's not a diagnosis. It's not anywhere near a diagnosis. It tells you what your baby doesn't have and doesn't need, i.e. they don't have an infection or an illness, they don't need an operation, etc. But it doesn't tell you why they're crying. And that is the purpose of a diagnosis, to explain and define the cause of symptoms. But colic as a diagnosis is basically saying, we don't know, but your baby is fully healthy. Because a GP's job is to ensure that your baby is clinically clear. And with a diagnosis of colic, that is exactly what they are doing. But colic is not a definitive diagnosis. It is an umbrella name for a set of common symptoms. So where does that leave you as the parent of a baby diagnosed with colic? Well, I always say to the parents of my patients that colic is the best diagnosis you could possibly wish for. Because to me, it's a green flag from the GP for me to get involved in the baby's care without having any worries about anything undetected going on in the background. So the causes of colic are multiple. And as I said in the previous episode where my baby stopped crying, by the time a baby comes to me, there's not many systems I need to look through to find the cause of a baby's discomfort. And essentially, when a baby has colic, that's what you're doing. You're looking for a cause of their discomfort. What is causing them pain in their body? Because if a baby's crying excessively in the way you see a baby with colic doing. They're in pain. (laughs) End of. It's a fact. Your baby is in pain and we just have to find out why and where. So in my experience, and my experience is, is fairly vast, I treat unsettled babies all day, every day. Um, most of them come to me with a diagnosis of colic. And there is one big blinding reason that is present in almost every single baby that I treat. Whether there's multiple causes or just one, this, this one is almost always present. And that is antibiotic exposure whether through the mother intravenously during labour or whether the mother took antibiotics during pregnancy or whether the baby was given antibiotics directly at some point after labour. So antibiotics are, they kill bacteria basically, but they are broad spectrum, which means they kill all bacteria. They don't care if that's good bacteria or that's bad bacteria that's causing an infection. So in the process of being exposed to antibiotics, all of the good gut bacteria are killed off in the gut of a baby. Now, if you've ever been given antibiotics, you will have noticed on the box that it says to expect constipation or increased wind, just general discomfort in the gut. And this is because in the baby, when the good bacteria that is supposed to digest the milk, that is what the bacteria does. It digests the milk. And if that bacteria is not present, due to antibiotic exposure the milk ferments now fermenting is what happens when you make beer and your new know beer has bubbles so when milk is fermented it results in the production of gas and acid both of which can cause a lot of pain to the baby. The The bubbles of air can physically push on the lining of, of the gut and cause pain. It can also cause increased reflux and that acid, a lot of that acid that babies experience when they're diagnosed with silent reflux is often just this overproduction of acid as a result of fermentation of the milk. So, you know, many babies are given omeprazole antacids and that stops the acid production But it's not treating the root cause of that acid production, which is the lack of bacteria. So you can put a baby on an antacid, but it's not treating the root cause of the problem. Treating the root cause of the problem... Is to supplement the baby with probiotics. You just reintroduce the bacteria into the gut. You know, often these babies are put on Gaviscon to stop reflux, stop the milk coming up. They're put on uh, Infacol to draw the bubbles together to make it easier to burp up. They put on the Metrazol, as I've said. Um, sometimes you know, so we we're giving all these little medications to put plasters on the symptoms. And all we have to do is address the reason why is this gut producing more wind and why is it producing more acid? So probiotics are the simplest and absolute first place to start for a baby experiencing symptoms of colic. So we supplement babies. It's very easily. Uh, you can do it. There. Sometimes they're in drop form. Sometimes they're in powder form. If you are breastfeeding, you don't have to give them straight to the baby. You could take them yourself and they will feed through to the baby. Uh, in formula feed, you can syringe them, syringe the bacteria in a little bit of milk and straight into the baby's mouth. They absolutely love it. My experience of babies with probiotics is they absolutely love them. It's like a little treat. So there's a lot of very odd information around about probiotics so I can only give my own experience but they are completely safe. When a baby is born prematurely and they're that they, they will be given very often in many hospitals they're given probiotics to prevent necrotizing enterocolitis, which is a breakdown of the wall of the gut. So if a baby that is premature is safe to give probiotics, then you can guarantee it's safe for your baby to receive probiotics. I don't really understand where all this information about them being unsafe comes from because it's just, in my experience and in my training, it's just not true. They're completely safe. Obviously, you must consult with your doctor or your healthcare provider before giving your baby probiotics. But uh, in my opinion, they are, they are safe. So when you give probiotics to your baby, there is a chance that you may see an increased production of wind in the gut. Now, the reason for that is because the Good bacteria, the probiotics need to kill off any antibiotic resistant bacteria that are present in the gut, and that kind of is kind of like a little war that goes on in the gut. So, that little war can result in the production of extra wind. Now, if that happens, uh, you can just reduce the dose of those probiotics. I do not recommend you do this on your own, you must do this with the guidance and direction and under the care of a healthcare provider. So, this is yeah, you can see change, you can see improvement in a baby within about five to 10 days. So five to 10 days, you can expect the baby to possibly fluctuate between constipation and diarrhoea as that little war goes on between the good and the bad bacteria. But after about 10 days, if you can get through that 10 days, just dropping, like the goal is just to find the sweet spot, find the, the dosage of probiotics at which your baby is happy and settled and doesn't experience increased wind. I don't think it's necessary for that to be pushed on through just just drop the dosage go low and slow is what i say low and slow just gently introduce those good bacteria into the gut of the baby at a pace that is good for them and easy for them so one of the things you'll hear a lot is that babies can have an allergic reaction to probiotics so i'm going to address this because it's important that i address the things that you're likely to be told so some probiotics for some reason, which I don't understand, contain milk sugar. And so a baby that uh, reacts to probiotics, often what they're reacting to is the milk sugar. So not the bacteria, but the milk sugar. So I personally use probiotics that don't contain milk sugar. They're just pure probiotics. So let's talk about why they would react to that milk sugar. Because this is an important point because many babies are incorrectly diagnosed as CMPA, cow's milk protein allergy. When they're not, they are showing all the symptoms of cow's milk protein allergy, but they're not actually allergic. So let me clarify what I mean by this. So when a baby is antibiotic exposed and that gut bacteria is stripped, the baby is uh, a correct diagnosis for this baby would be temporarily antibiotic-induced milk intolerant. The baby is milk intolerant because they can't digest milk because the bacteria are not there, so they're fermenting milk. So there's a big difference between intolerance and allergy. An allergy is a reaction from the immune system to something present in milk, and intolerance is just a reaction in the gut. So for a known reason, in this case, antibiotics, the baby is completely intolerant. To milk, both protein and lactose. So they are temporarily antibiotic induced lactose intolerant. They're not allergic to milk. They are not innately lactose intolerant, as in they're not producing any enzyme. They are just temporarily intolerant. So they will show many of the symptoms of CMPA, cow's milk protein allergy, but very often they're not. This is why you need to do this under the care of a guidance of a healthcare provider, because if your baby is allergic, you need to know that. And it's very important that you treat for that and you adjust the baby's diet accordingly. But if they're not, they are just intolerant, then it's important that that's diagnosed correctly and treated appropriately. So this is a huge area. And because of this, what I do recommend to my patients is You know, probiotics can take about eight weeks to fully what we call colonize, fully recolonize the gut and create a stable colony. It's called the gut biome. So in that eight weeks, the baby does struggle to digest milk. So even though you're bringing in the probiotics, you will see a slow reduction in that pain. What we really want is to get the baby really fast pain relief. So once we've diagnosed that there's a temporary antibiotic-induced milk intolerance present in the baby, we can, while we're treating, we can also support the baby. So one way that I find this is really useful is to, if the baby is formula fed obviously not if you're breastfed, but if the baby is formula fed, moving them to a hydrolyzed milk can really help the process. Now, the reason for this is that hydrolyzed means that the proteins are broken down, which means essentially they're pre-digested. So the baby doesn't have to digest them or doesn't have to, depending on what level of hydrolysis you go for, you can have partially hydrolyzed, you can have extensively hydrolyzed, and you can go right down the other end to amino acid. So, it can be really helpful to introduce a hydrolyzed formula to the baby and also some lactase enzymes, co-leaf, just to temporarily digest the lactose for them until the probiotics kick in and normal gut function returns. If you are breastfeeding, it can be really helpful to the antibiotic exposed baby if you just cut out dairy for the eight weeks that, your, the duration of the probiotic supplementation. This is just a really quick fix and it's only temporary. And I know many of you don't want to put your baby on an uh, amended milk or you don't want to cut out dairy, but it sometimes just helps to understand that it's just temporary. It's just understanding for a known reason, the baby's unable to digest milk. And for a very short period of time, we're going to just give them a milk that's basically been digested for them it's going to immediately reduce the amount of wind and acid that they produce. Again, please don't change the milk on your own. please do it under the care of a healthcare provider. It's really important that you are working with someone who fully understands the current situation of the gut, the goal of where you want to get the gut in its functioning and the process because these steps uh, while they can be really smooth and you know go really well, it can also be a bit rocky. And you need someone to tell you why it's rocky and adjust the plan. I'm just trying to give you information that you can take to your healthcare provider and ask them to support you with that process. My goal is to give you knowledge, to empower you so that you have choices and options. If you're stuck in your home with a screaming baby, I want to empower you to be able to go to your doctor and say, we'd like to trial probiotics because our baby was antibiotic exposed. Will you support us in that? We'd like to trial a milk that will be easy to digest for them. We might have to switch milks a few times until we've Find a milk that works for our baby, but will you support us with that? That is my role in this, is just to give you knowledge because if you're not even aware that antibiotics could be the major contributing cause of your baby's discomfort, you you won't know where to start. So I'm just saying you don't have to suffer endlessly. There's so many things that that can be addressed, and this is a biggie. So I hope that helps. Just giving you a little bit of knowledge there to give you a little bit of direction of Possibly your next step to take. All right, my friend, have a great day.